recently we read through the Psalms, and there's one that really spoke to me, and I believe there's some stuff we can learn from today as we end 2023. 20, Psalm 124, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and it should be on the screen in a moment or two. Psalm of David, what if the Lord had not been on our side? Let Israel repeat, what if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us? They would have swallowed us alive in their burning anger. The waters would have engulfed us. A torrent would have overwhelmed us. Yes, the raging waters of their fury would have overwhelmed our very lives. Praise the Lord who did not let their teeth tear us apart. We escaped like a bird from the hunter's trap. The trap is broken and we are free. Our help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I don't know who you look to for help in life, but I look to the Lord who made heaven and earth. Okay, so whatever card you're playing, mine trumps yours when I look to the God who made heaven and earth. This is a psalm of ascent or a psalm they wrote for pilgrims ascending, if you like, to Jerusalem to worship. Uh, if you're old enough, you remember like going to conferences in buses. Uh, some years ago, we used to go to big conferences and we used to go in the coaches and the buses. And while we were there, we used to sing all the worship praise songs along with the back of the bus, can you sing? And you can you shove your granny off a bus table mixed in with it. But it was like we're, we're anticipating a great week of a conference and God meeting with us. And it was like we were traveling there singing songs on the bus. And this is like for those traveling up to Jerusalem to celebration happening. And whilst it has an historical reference to the, the Jewish or the Israeli people here, it also has a significance today, I believe, for them. But it also has relevance for us today. David is causing, uh, trying to cause God's people to try and imagine what it'd be like without God. And the first two words just gripped me, what if? Uh, what if? And I'm just going to uh, reference three, only one in this passage, but three what ifs uh, in our life. So you may think it most weeks, but today I'm giving you permission to say Pastor Jim's preach was a bit iffy today. Okay, because it's three what ifs. If, it's a, it's a little word, but it's a big meaning and significance and application. Some years ago there was a poll in this nation about what was the nation's favorite poem. And at that time, it was voted F by Rudyard Kipling. Many, you might know the poem. It's a father talking to his son about, then you'll be a man, my son, if, if you do these things. You know, it starts, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. I think he'd pastors and church leaders in mind while he was speaking that. Anyway, but it's also relevant for us. That was certainly better than tell us if Alice singing, if a picture paints a thousand words, if you can call it singing, if you remember, it wasn't really singing, but if, it implies there's a condition, there's a contrast, but here, when you put what if, what if implies, you need to consider this, you need to ponder this, you need to take a moment to consider the contrast, what if, that didn't happen, what if this happened, and David is causing God's people to try and imagine a scenario where God's not on their side. Just ponder from, I could look at my life. I look at my time this year. 
as we approach the year's end and think, what if God had not been on our side? What if God had not been on my side? What if the Lord had not been on my side? Times when I'm traveling, times at work, times in health issues, finance issues, and other issues in life, at work, at home. What if the Lord really had not been on my side? And you might have had a difficult year. It might have been a, a challenging year for you. But I want to encourage you this morning, just imagine what it would have been like if the Lord had not been on your side. It may have been challenging. It may have been difficult. See, Jesus said in John 16, 33, in the world you're going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulation. You're going to have problems. You're going to have hassle. But I've overcome the world. I mean, you have the one who's overcome the world on your side. How much better it is than having him not on your side? Imagine what it had been like if the Lord had not been on your side. I'm not saying difficulties are to be lessened or don't mean anything. And I'm not saying you've not had difficulties this year. I'm not saying you're not going to have difficulties or challenges in 2024. But having the Lord on our side means they don't need to destroy us. They don't need to defeat us. Maybe you've been knocked down this year. Maybe some things have really knocked you down for a spell, but I want to encourage you, you're never defeated because you're knocked down. You're only defeated when you don't get back up. But today, whatever happened didn't destroy you, didn't defeat you. You're here today. You're with God's people in God's house, praising the Almighty God. God has been on your side, and it didn't cause you to be utterly defeated because God was on your side. The Lord is on your side. And the Lord is going to be on your side in 2024. What if the Lord had not been on our side? Well, what if the Lord is on our side? Paul puts it, if God is for us, who can be against us? In the context of, you can't, he's not condemning us, he's not separating us from his love. He's called us, he's called, gave us right standing before God. He made us to share in his glory and who he is. He is on our side. God is on your side. The Lord is on your side. What if the Lord was not on your side? You know, there have been things which should have destroyed us physically, spiritually, psychologically, emotionally, financially. We will never fully appreciate how this year God has been pushing back the darkness. The enemy has been out to steal, to kill, to destroy, to restrict, to bind you. But you know what? But there's been a God in heaven who's been pushing back the darkness. There's been God who's been fighting for you. God is fighting for you, pushing back the darkness. And most of the time, we don't even know it's happening. But God has been on your side this year. And God has been pushing back the enemy's uh, plans and schemes for your life because he's on your side. And that's why David says here, if the Lord had not been on our side, it would be in trouble. But because the Lord has been on our side, he says, we escape like a bird from a winter's trap. The Lord trap is broken and we are free. We are free in Jesus' name. The enemies try to restrict you and bind you, but you are free because God has been on your side pushing back the darkness. The God who says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. The God who says, my goodness and mercy are going to run after you every day in life. A God who says, my peace I leave with you. I'm going to send you a comforter to be with you in the times of trouble. And more than that, I'm going to come and live inside you by my spirit. And greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. That same God is on your side. So we can live, or we should live with a freedom. A what a freedom. If God had not been on our side, we're restricted. But what if God is on our side? We are free. 
in whom the sun sets free is free indeed. The trouble is, we live too much with what if fear instead of that freedom. With a realization that God is on our side, we can live in a freedom from fear, but we live too much with what if fear, which paralyzes us. It gives us a mindset of failure, loss, that we're never going to make it, that we're going to be defeated. But God's not giving us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of hope, of life. He's given us a spirit of a sound mind. Love, joy, peace, sound mind. He's given us a spirit of victory. You know, but so you don't feel too bad. If you live in what a fear today, I believe God's come to say, I'm on your side and you can move from what if fear. But there are many in the scripture who live with what if fear. Moses, you know, is one of my favorite characters in the Bible, if not my favorite. Apart from Jesus, don't get too religious on me, okay? And in chapter 3 of Exodus, he had an incredible encounter with God. He met God at a burning bush. It was so, so, such the presence of God was so real. He said, take your shoes off your feet. This is holy ground, Moses. This is holy ground. Take those shoes off your feet. You're standing in holy ground. And God is speaking to him says, I've got a call on your life. I'm calling you in to deliver my people, to take them into a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm giving you an incredible promise of my presence being with you and going to deliver God's people. You're going to take them into a promised land. It's an incredible encounter Moses has. Chapter 3 in, in Exodus, you can read all about it. God's incredible encounter, call on Moses' life with promises which were forever ingrained in God's heart. And then we start chapter 4, and Moses says this, what if they don't believe me? I mean, this is the I am. The I am is sending you, Moses. I'm sending you here. This is, this is God. Listen, you, you've never been in this place where there's been a burning bush. It's me speaking to you. It's holy ground. You have to take your shoes off because you're such a presence of God. I'm calling you. I'm giving you my promise of deliverance of my people into a promised land. I'm giving you a promise. I'm going to be with you. My presence is going to be with you. And Moses says, but what if they don't believe me? Honestly. How pathetic was a man? Don't get me wrong, he's a great guy. Listen, what if they don't believe me? What if they say this about me? And I believe he's thinking, what if they remember why I ran away? What if they remember? What if my past catches up with me? What if they reject me? What if they remember that I ran away because I killed that man? What if fear he was living in. What if my past catches up? What if they reject me? Abraham sent his servant to go and get a wife for his son Isaac. And his response, the servant's response was this in Genesis 24. What if I can't find somebody suitable? What if I fail to get someone who'll come back with me? No, there's too many young people in church life. They think, what if I can't get a husband or a wife or a life partner in church? And they fear and they leave God. I want to tell you, you stay faithful to God. God's a better life partner connector than, than Abraham's servant. But he lived, what if I fail in this task that you're giving me? What if I fail in this task? 
No, Esther is a great story. We're going to read it in January. And the Jewish people are under incredible threat and they're going to be destroyed unless something happens. And Mordecai says to Esther, your queen, you need to get into the king's presence and stop this. But she said, but what if he doesn't accept me? Because you can't go into the king's presence unless you're invited in or you're in danger of being destroyed, being killed, even as queen. But she had a what if? What if? What if I lose my life here? What if I die? Mordecai said, listen, the cause is greater than, than your fear. He says, what if fear that I get destroyed in doing what I know is right? What if it doesn't work out? You know, there are so many in the Bible. You know, Isaac was in amongst the Philistines at one point, And the king Abimelech was there with whole folks, and he was there with Rebekah, his wife. This is his attitude. This is Isaac's attitude. My wife's so good-looking, so beautiful. That's good. He thought that about his wife. But these guys might want her. And they'll kill me to get her because she's so beautiful. That sounds good. Since so they'll tell you what, let's say you're my sister. Who would not, what woman would not want a man like that? Hmm? Uh, just pretend you're my sister. I love you, but I love myself more. It was like, what if they find out the truth about my life? He lived with a what if fear of they find out the truth about my life. What if they found out the secret? You know, this morning, as we end, maybe you're living in what a fear. What a fear of rejection, of failure, the truth will out. What a fear of my past catching up. What a fear of failure. What a fear of rejection. It's maybe a small a scale than that. We can have a what if my friends find out I'm a Christian. What if I have to commit to my life to Jesus and I lose my friends? What if I pray for somebody to get healed but they get worse? What if I open up to someone and I get hurt? What if I volunteer to serve in church and I get it wrong and make a big mistake? Like putting sugar in Pastor Jim's tea? Now that is unforgivable. No. What if I believe God's called me to a job and to a ministry and I do, but then I realize it's wrong and I can't get back to where I was? What if I feel God's given me a prophetic word to share with someone and I get it wrong? What if I start to share my testimony and I get tongue-tied or people eh, reject me or people mock me? What if I commit to church and get hurt? What if I go to a mission trip and I want home after a day or two? What if, and you're living in fear, and it's so easy to live in, what if fear, this might happen, that might happen. But let me tell you, I believe as we move from 2023 into 2024, God wants us to move from what if fear to what if faith. And we need to move into what if faith instead of what if fear. And there's a difference. Many have said before me that faith is a risk. It's spelled R-I-S-K. But I believe God is challenging us and calling us a church to move. And today's an opportunity to move from what if fear. And God can deal with that and move into what if faith for 2024. It's a year to step and walk in faith. And yes, it's risk. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And let me tell you, sometimes this is a it's an observation but it's also a confession at some point sometimes we take we, it, we think we've got to hear almost like an audible voice of God before we do anything 
No, I believe faith is growing what God has called you to do and stepping out in faith is stepping out in what God says. It's not you presumptuously thinking, I'll do this and accept, and God, you need to back me up. It's believing what you know is right in God. It's believing what God has said. But sometimes, and I'm being at that, but it's almost like you need an audible voice of God. But sometimes there's just a nudge in your spirit. There's just a sense, God's leading me in this way. God's directing me this way. But we don't take that step of faith. Let me just help you today. If, you do, if you're doing what you believe God is telling you to do, if you believe you're doing what you sense and you've got an honest heart and a true motive that this is what God is calling you to do, I want to tell you, God will back you up. And even if you get it wrong, God will sort it out because you're doing it with a heart and a motive. But sometimes we've got to wait to get three fleeces, four audible voices and five prophetic words to come into our life. All right, you must be God, I'm going to do it. That brought us in 2024. See that wee nudge you get in your spirit? That just sense that God is leading you somewhere, that God is directing you somewhere. Just that thing, God, I just believe this is right. It's time to take a what a faith step and move into what God is saying in 2024. The band are going to come up as we come around communion. It's time to move into what if. We were challenged recently, and I was challenged recently by a book by Lead Like It Matters, by another idea as well too, if I'm Greg Rochelle. And part of it is a, a willingness to fall short, to try something, not fall short morally or in sin, but trying something you believe is right in God and maybe not getting it all right as long as you learn to move on from it. It is it illustrated the parable from Luke 19, where one version says about the master giving bags of silver to, to servants. What five bags to one, two bags to another, one bag to another. And the one with five bags and the one with two bags, they invested theirs and they doubled their money or doubled their silver. The one who didn't do anything with it, he just hid his bag, but he got a rebuke. The other two get favor from their master. They had a, what if we try this and it works out? Whereas the one guy says, what if I try it and it doesn't work out? And he lost out and got rebuked from his master. No, in the message translation of Luke 19, 26 says, risk your life and get more than you ever dreamed of. Play it safe and end up holding the bag. No, Hebrews eleven six says, it's impossible to please God without faith. Craig Michelle says, you can't play safe and please God. It's not a year that we go into to be playing it safe. It's an area of stepping out what if faith. I gave some illustrations in the Bible of what if fear, but you know, but there's some what if faiths in the Bible as well. There was a day in Peter's life where he heard Jesus saying, come, walk in the water to me. You know, and Peter, in his head, he's going, what if I got out the boat and I sink. But then, that was what if fear. But then there's another thought come into Peter's mind. He says, what if I actually get out the boat and walk on water? What if I actually believe that God is showing me to do this? What if I actually step out the boat? You know what I'll do? I can walk on water. And because he rejected the what if fear and he moved into what if faith, he's done what no one else in history has done apart from Jesus Christ, and he walked on water. There was a woman, once she'd been hemorrhaging for 12 years in a serious issue, and Jesus was in and there was a big crowd. And no, she had this thought in her mind, what if I just touched the hem of his garment? What if I just touch the hem of his garment? You know what? I might get healed. 
she stepped out in a water faith and she got healed in Jesus' name. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when uh, said, we're not going to bow down to that idol. We're not going to bow down to that statue. We're not going to do it. It's in Daniel chapter 3. It says, you need to bow down or you get thrown into a fiery surface, furnace. And they, they thought, well, what if we get thrown into a fiery furnace? We might die. But you know what? What if we keep honoring God? What if we refuse to bow down to the idols of our world? What if we refuse to worship false gods? What if we don't do what the world is telling us to do? What if we keep honoring God in our life? What if we decide even if he destroys us, it's still worth it because he's worth the pain. But what if we actually honor God and not do what the world does and not bow down to the idols of the world? What if we actually, by faith, honor our God? Maybe he'll protect us and maybe a whole nation will turn to faith in Christ Jesus because we decided to honor God. And that's what they did. There was a woman in Zarephath, a widow, and she only had a little meal for her and her son, and then they were going to die. It was a time of famine, economic crisis, you might say, in the world. And the prophet says, why don't you make me a meal first? Because we'll die if you eat and we don't. And he says, for your provision, why don't you honor God? Why don't you honor God? And then she had a moment, what if I eat? What if I just, my boy and I eat? We're going to die. We'll have a meal and then we'll die. But what if, what if I decide to put God first with my resources? What if I do actually decide to put God first? Maybe. Just maybe if I honor God with my finances, with my resources, with my time, with my talent, just maybe God will do something about it. And because she did this, this is what it says. There was always enough oil and flour to last. Because she decided to give all that she had and honored God. In that instance, it was giving it to Elijah, but it was a representative of the prophet of God. She said, I'm going to give God, I'm going to put God first with my resources. And I'm just going to believe what God will do. And this is what God does. There was always enough oil and flour to last. I love the story of Jonathan David. That's the David shared about this a wee while ago. And 1 Samuel 14, Saul and his 600 men were somewhere. He didn't know where they were. Jonathan just says to his armor bearer, there's a bunch of Philistines over there. They're always our enemy. We're at war with them. Haven't a clue where King Solomon and his 600 army uh, troops are. Haven't a clue where they are. But Jonathan turns to his armor bearer and says, there's only two of us. There's a bunch of Philistines over there. Perhaps the Lord will help us. Basically, he's saying, haven't a clue where Solomon and his men are. They're over there somewhere. But here's an enemy here. And what I fear is only two years against them. But then, perhaps the Lord will help us. Is Jonathan saying, yes, son, what if the Lord helps us? What if the Lord actually helps us? Let, let's move in what if faith. What if fear says we better get as far away from here and go and find Solomon and his 600 guys? But what if, fear, what if faith says, Jonathan says, come on, let's have a go. Let's have a go. Because there's just something inside me. There's just something inside me that believes if we step out in faith here, if we have a what if faith moment, God's going to bring victory into our lives. 
Listen, we could sit here and rot and wait for them to come. We could try and find them and get lost. But you know what? Jonathan says, there's just something within my spirit that says it's a day to have a what if faith moment and let's step out in faith. And what if God actually helps us? And you know the story. God actually did help them and they defeated the enemy. Hallelujah. They lived in what if faith. As we close, Psalm 124. What if the Lord had not been on our side? We'd have been living in bondage, in prison, and defeat. But this morning, I want to tell you the Lord is on your side. And we need to live in the freedom of the Lord being on our side. Today, you're maybe living in what if fear. You're living in what if fear. What if I get found out? What if I make mistakes? What if I try something that doesn't happen? What if a past catches up me? What if a reputation gets damaged? What if, what if I just mess up? What if they find out? What if it fails? What if it doesn't work out? I believe as we come around the community, God wants to cause us to move from there and move into 2024 as a year of what if faith. What if you witness to that person and they come to faith in Jesus Christ in 24? What if you pray for that person and they get healed? What if you start a new ministry and it flourishes? What if you give that financial donation you've been thinking about and God blesses it and blesses you because of it? What if you give an encouraging word to somebody that you feel maybe and it just blesses the socks off them and it's what they had to hear that day? What if you go on a mission trip and you actually think, wow, this is great and it transforms your life? What if you do something because you believe this is what God is going to do? You have a choice to have what if fear restrict you from doing it or then... I'm just sensing God wants us to say, listen, I'm moving from what if fear. I want to move into what if faith. And this year, as you go into what if you actually stepped out in faith? Listen, you may actually walk on water. Whatever that looks like, not physically, but you may actually, if you step in faith, walk in water and see God do something incredible. Listen, I don't know where you've been. I don't know where you're at this morning. But this morning... You know that you've got what if fear, whatever that looks like, rejection, past catching up. Just, I want to tell you that Jesus died. He took all our punishment for us. He dealt with all our mistakes and issues. And you can have a moment when you can come around and take this communion stuff and say, thank you, Jesus, that you died for me and that you rose to give me life. Lord, I'm resolving, I'm making a New Year's resolution that I'm going to walk in faith and not in fear in 2024. And you don't need to wait till midnight tonight. You can make a decision right now, there's a change coming. You know you've been walking in fear. You know you've not done things because of fear of whatever reason. But today, as we take this communion, you can have just a moment between you and God and say, God, I have been living in that fear, but no more. I'm walking in your freedom and I'm walking in faith because 2024 is a year of what of faith. It's what of faith. Listen, the only reason we're here today saying is what he's done. I'm only here because of what he's done. And this time next year for standing here, it's only because of what he's done. Every day it's the grace of God in my life. It's the life and the power of God in my life. And I just think it's nice as we finish 
know we've got something tonight as a service, a last service together, if we focus on him. Because it's him that gives us the freedom. It's him that's cast the fear away from us. It's by his faith in our life that he gives us faith to move on and believe what he does and what he's going to do. Father, I just thank you for the freedom. Father, we don't dare to even think about what if the Lord had not been on our side. Just for a moment, it frightens us to think what if the Lord had not been on our side. But Father, I thank you that the Lord, you have been on our side in 2023 and you're going to be on our side right throughout 2024. And we declare, declare over everyone that God is for you. It doesn't matter who's against you. Because greater is he that is in you and is for you than he that is in the world. And though the world has set you, I want to declare over your life that you're a winner. You're here today, you're a winner because of what he's done and because of what he is doing in your life. Father God, as we come around this communion table, we thank it's all because of Jesus. We couldn't do it. We couldn't do it in ourselves. We couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't live without you now. But we thank you. We don't need to because you're in our life. But Lord, I pray particularly as we take these emblems representing your broken body and your shed blood that for those of us who are living and we've been living in what a fear and we know there's been things in our life that we're, we, we should be doing, we should be trying to do, but we've been living in fear because of fear of rejection, fear of past catching up, fear of truth well out, truth of just getting it wrong and making mistakes, fear of failure. Lord, I thank you that as we move from this table today, we're making a decision to move into what a faith. The faith that saved us is propelling us into a new dimension of faith. Lord, not because of what we have done, but all because of who you are and what you have done. Thank you for your body broken for us. Thank you, Father God, that you were broken through your Son Jesus to make us whole. I pray for those who are broken in different ways, Lord, that as we take these emblems, that you can supernaturally just bring healing and wholeness into them. Thank you for your shed blood, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that it's by your blood that we are cleansed. Thank you, Father, for those, Lord, maybe in our hearts the moment of stuff we just need to bring before you and confess before you. But we thank you that your blood cleanses us from all sin. And I pray for a fresh cleansing. I pray for a fresh impartation. I pray for a fresh power to come into people's lives. But I pray for a fresh move of faith to come into us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take the bread and take the wine. And we are just give thanks to God for what he's done in your life. And the fact that he's on your side.